Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talks with Gallagher. Uh, this is my great friend, Alex. Uh, he is a successful real estate agent. I actually was reading some of your stats, and you're one of the top tier real estate uh, guys in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and just what an honor to have um, Alex, and I feel honored to know him as well uh, today on the show. Um, today, you know, usually I share or I have different guests on that talk about some spiritual topics. Um, and today, uh, you know, we're going to focus a little bit more on uh, the journey of Alex going into the marketplace and business and in real estate. Because um, I know a lot of times we, you know, make decisions in life and we think we're going in one direction. And then sometimes with different life decisions, we go in a direction we may not have seen ourselves to go in. I know for me, <laughs> I I had this aspiration of, you know, an astronaut and wanting to do something in space. Um, and obviously that led me in learning more about technology and science. And now here I am a video producer and doing talks with Gallagher and very quite different than an astronaut. So I, I kind of wonder if Alex is, you know, okay, I'm going to do real estate and this is what I'm going to do when he was like six, or if just the ebb and flows of life and, you know, led him to uh, real estate, to being, um, you know, successful as he has been and sustaining that success. So we will, you know, just, this is really just a live conversation um, here uh, today with Alex, and I'm just so excited just to hear more of a story. We had him on earlier, so if you go through the archives or search, um, uh, you'll be able to find previous conversation. But today we're going to focus on just the business uh, story and just business um, uh talk. So <laughs> it's because Toxicologer can talk about anything. <laughs> That's why it's called Talks <laughs> with Gallagher. Okay. Well, with that introduction, um, Alex, uh, you know, uh, how did you get into doing real estate and how, how did that happen? Like, I mean, wow. Like, yeah. I mean, not, yeah, please share. All right. But, um, well, before I share, John, I just want to thank you for having me on again. I really love doing these with you. I mean, we have conversations all the time uh, that I really, really value. So being able to do it in front of everybody that's watching, I think is pretty cool. So yeah, uh, start off with that. Um, yeah, so I was definitely not someone who at, you know, five years old or six years old in kindergarten when the teacher goes around and says, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, yeah. I did not say, you know, real estate agent. That was that's not <laughs> something that <laughs> popped into my mind at all. Um, to be honest with you, I was actually one of those kids that probably just gave the routine answers, which are either, you know, a police officer, a fireman or Batman. You know, mm. that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, it just kind of evolved, like, like, I guess how you put it, the ebbs and flows of life. And, and I guess, you know, my yeah. story in, in, in real estate starts about, uh, I'd say about eight, seven, eight years ago now. Um, I was introduced to um, somebody through a, a mutual uh, acquaintance. And uh, 
you know, they were roughly my age and, and, uh, you know, I got to kind of talk to him a little bit, doing a little bit of discipleship. Um, and then the conversation started coming up about, you know, this person had a desire to really build a legacy for their family through, uh, through real estate. And, and I never really, uh, thought about that before. Uh, but then we would start to meet and just start to think of ideas that maybe we could, you know, flip houses or, you know, buy, you know, basically buying a house for, you know, under, under the, uh, the market value, put a little work into it and then, and then sell it to make a profit. And so I, I really started thinking about these things from, from the conversations I'd have with that, that gentleman. Um, and so I started going down that path, but one of the things I quickly realized is it takes money to buy real estate. And at the time I was like, you know, 21 years old and, you know, uh, didn't really have much of anything that I could use to, to acquire property. So we started working on putting together proposals to investors to get them to maybe, maybe use other people's money or the, the industry term for that is OPM, other people's money. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's a great way to leverage other people's resources to get to your desired goal. Um, and so we had talked about it. We made a couple presentations, but nothing really seemed to work. Mm. Um, and, and what ended up happening, I started, um, you know, things, things didn't really, um, end up working out in that partnership, but from it, I, I did learn a lot and I really value that, that, uh, those, those days of having those initial conversations, cause it, it oriented my mind for the first time towards real estate. Um, then what I did, I just started doing a lot of digging, a lot of research, like what are some ways you can get started in real estate with no money? Cause that was, that was my, my barrier of entry was not having any any money you know and i was kind of had a bad habit of just looking at what resources i had and mm -hmm. judging whether or not i could accomplish something based on what i had in my hand mm -hmm. right so i started learning about other methods of acquiring property without using your money but other people's money and i got into um, a form of real estate investing called wholesaling uh, mm -hmm. which is basically when you know, you, you secure a contract on a property at a, at a reduced price. And then what you do, you, you never actually have to expend uh, your own money to acquire that property. You actually sell uh, your interest in buying that property to an end buyer who is willing to pay more than the amount that you have it under contract for. Mm. And what happens with that is you end up making money. That, the, the, the difference between what you have the property under contract for and what the, uh, you know, the quote unquote end user has it under contract for that difference is the spread or the profit that you make as a wholesaler. So I, I did that uh, a couple times and that got me kind of into the game and um, just allowed me to experience real estate investing from for the first time. And I, I got addicted at that point, <laughs> you know, um, just because I was like, wow, like it really like it was amazing how it came together. So then the thought I had was. Okay, well, how can I get an even larger uh, group of people to uh, find out about property from or or once I have a property under contract, how can I get in front of a broader audience to market that property? Mm. And one of the investors I was working with at the time, and again, this is back in, I would say, 2012, 2013, mm. um, he, he said to me, he's like, hey, have you ever thought about getting your real estate license. He said, I'll, I'll help you pay for your classes and you can get, um, get your license. And then my properties, 
I'll give them to you to, to put on the market and you, you can be my agent. Mm. So, you know, when you're 22, you don't really have much, you know, you're in someone says, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pay this for you. I mean, it, it was, I just really felt like I was, it was, it was a door that was opening up for me mm-hmm. and, and Hey, I mean, what did I have to lose at that point? Sure. Um, I was in college at the time and I'd already kind of resolved in myself. I, I did not want to be like, you know, flipping burgers in between my classes or, or anything like that. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that. It just was not, not sure. for me. I, I wanted to do something where I could take my, my knowledge at the time I was going to school for economics and finance. I wanted mm-hmm. to find something, an avenue where I could directly apply the things I was paying money to learn at the university and real estate. There's a lot of financial um, aspects to it, obviously. Um, and there's a lot of economic, you, it, it really pays to understand economic um, uh, forces in when you're, when you're dealing with real estate. So I, I looked at real estate as an avenue that I could apply a lot of the skills I was learning in school. Um, to make a long story short, that investor um, told me that, um, he, he told me that, uh, hey, come over to my house and uh, I'll give you your money to, buy the, to pay for the classes so you can get started. And the total cost of, cost of the classes at the time, I think, was about $600. So I go over to the guy's house, and the first time I met him in person, he was, uh, we, we talked a lot over the phone. And oddly enough, we ended up getting into some, before I actually met him, we ended up getting into some deep conversations about spirituality. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an atheist. He was trying to understand, you know, how I could possibly have faith in God. And, and so we had a lot of interesting conversations like that. And so I go over to his house expecting to get, you know, five, six hundred dollars to pay for classes. And uh, he ends up handing me like a hundred dollar bill. And he says, I decided I'm only going to give you this much uh, towards your classes. And I feel like I had a choice in that moment. You know, I could have been like, what? You know, you told me you would give me this. This is ridiculous. I'm leaving and walked out. And that really could have been a shut door uh, to a moment of, of destiny. Right. Um but I said, you know what? Thank you very much. I really appreciate this. And I actually used that $100. Uh, I went over to the real estate academy that, that I was going to do my classes at. And I said, this is what I have to get started. And I gave them a $100 bill. And they said, okay, you know, just get us the full balance before, before your classes are finished. And they, they worked with me, which was really gracious to them. So I'm sitting through my classes and I'm just like, you know, absorbing everything that I can, uh, learning a lot about, you know, how transactions work, you know, the, the nitty gritty of, the real estate industry from a legal perspective, you know, uh, best practices, all that good stuff. Mm. I get to the end of my classes. I have, I still don't have money and I owe about $500 to pay for, to pay for the classes. So, um, I didn't really know what to do. Um, but you know, my old, you know, I, I, I figure, okay, who do I know? Maybe a family member can help me, uh, cover this and, and I can pay them back, you know, once I make my first sale. So I go over to my grandparents' house um, and uh, I sat down with my grandmother and I, I was like, you know, this is what I'm doing. I, I, I went there, I tried to you know, state my case. I said, you know, this is how far along I am. All I need is this one pain. I think the balance I owed was like $510 or something. Mm. I said, grandma, if you give me this, I, like, you will not regret it. Um, I, I really need help. At the time I was, you know, like I said, I was finishing up working on my, I think that was my, um, that was my uh, associate's degree that I was finishing up. So I was trying to balance okay. that in school. Hmm. So I go there, I ask for the money. She says, no problem. She might've thought about it for about five seconds. Then she did what 
what all great grandmothers and grandparents do and uh mm -hmm. you know gave me that money and uh and i used that to get to finish the classes and then i took the test and and so it was really unique it's not something that i just you know woke up one day it was just kind of like a door got open and i said hey you know why not why not jump through this and then you know seven years later uh here i am doing it you know i've been doing it full time since 2015 when i graduated from uh east Charlesburg university with my bachelor's degree i've been doing it full time for so for the last five years and um it's it's been great but you know that that that's how i got started wow well what a <laughs> process wow and you were able to recognize um i think it's so interesting you know even if you know even in your you know college time and everything that was happening with that i'm just trying to picture i'm sure you're managing you know full-time student course load and at the same time doing this you're you know doing yeah. the real estate um thing and um you know recognizing these were divine open doors that were happening that i think you knew in the depths of your being that it wasn't just by happen chance it wasn't just by coincidence and it's like you knew like i liked how you used the word like a door of destiny um and recognizing the walk in it even though you know maybe you didn't we're thinking necessarily at the time as maybe and correct me if I'm mistaken that, you know, going to college to be in real estate per se. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're back. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so the way that I actually ended up with that was, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of uh, transitioning that was going on kind of at once. So, yeah, when I first I'm went sure. back to college. Uh, I, I first went back to college in 2011. I graduated from high school in 2009. Went through kind of the hard road of trying to figure out life for about two years, and then got mm -hmm. and then went to college. Mm -hmm. um, and that was actually off of like a, a word that I got from somebody, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Okay. Um, I went into college for actually to study journalism because I really wanted to be in media, news media. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Writing. See? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> totally, know that. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally wow. different. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like uh, one of my, I, I tell my wife all the time, uh, one of the things like, and, and maybe God will kind of open this up for me later in life, but I, I'm really passionate about like sports journalism and like. Oh, really? You know, yeah, if I was doing anything other than real estate, I would be in sports journalism. <laughs> I, I love like I'm a, I'm like an ESPN junkie and, you know, I'm always yeah. on like FS1 and, you know, but anyway, put that aside. But so that yeah. I was actually going to school for stuff like that. Okay. Um, but then this real estate door started open, opening. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I really believe about education is that, and maybe this is just me, but I really believe like learning for the per for any purpose other than direct application is kind of a waste of time for me i'm mm -hmm. not, i'm i'm not projecting that out that other people need that philosophy or anything but i really feel like mm -hmm. if i'm going to invest my life and my resources in learning something mm -hmm. then i should also be equally as passionate in finding an avenue to put to action the information that I've I'm, I'm digesting so that it becomes mm -hmm. wisdom becomes part of my life. Otherwise, 
Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't have time to just learn for pleasure. And maybe that's not a good thing, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Like I have like, no, I I understand watching movies and doing stuff to like, you know, uh, to just, just relax. But I, I'm like, if I'm going to invest four years of my life in a degree, I want it to be something that I can actually do. I, I never want to be one of those people who look back 10 years from now and say, wow, I went to school for this, but it's nothing. And, and, and I get that just happens. But for me, I, I just was really big about, all right, if I'm doing something, I, 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 yeah. if I'm learning something, I want to have an avenue to do it. Yeah. And so I, the real estate door started to open at a time going to school for journalism. And I was like, okay, I'm spending my whole day learning about something that has nothing to do with real estate. And I did, I did have this unction that real estate yeah. was the door that was for me. So then I, sh that's when I shifted my degree and everything to mm. economics, finance, oh, okay. because that has a direct uh, application to the real estate world. And yeah. I just wanted to be a more uh, focused person. Um, sure. And, and so I found that, I find that really beneficial. Um, yeah. You know, in helping me have high level economic conversations while I'm showing houses, it helped me build credibility as a brand new agent mm -hmm. because I could talk like I had been doing it for a while because I was, they didn't know, uh, and I didn't make a point to broadcast that, you know, if I was showing them a house at, at night, that earlier that day, I was sitting in a classroom working on my degree, you know, because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I didn't really want to project that I just do this on a part-time uh, basis. I um, see. So, so, you so you really had your smarts about you, not necessarily academically speaking, I'm not referring to that per se, but working through this open door, uh, door of destiny of real estate, and then also knowing how to communicate with them and then knowing, okay, I need to repivot, you know, my academic, uh, you know, track um, yeah. to align itself for, you know, future real estate business. And even at a young age, you had that wisdom to be able to know to do that is pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, I mean, some people are just like, oh, well, you know, I started to do this. And so I'm going to continue doing that <laughs> because X, Y, and Z. But yeah, you being able to adjust and pivot and make changes and know how to communicate um, in those scenarios is, yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you, it's not an ability I always had, but um, you know, <laughs> not at all, but it's, it's important. I, I, I really feel like if, if you find a passion for something, Mm -hmm. don't 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 go part-time on your passions you yeah know, like orient your life you know it's best to live life in a way where there's fluidity where you're not rigid um as doors open up make adjustments because that will get you to your goals faster than uh and, and it'll, it'll it'll take your your aspirations from dreams into okay here's a tangible plan that can that can actually uh in one five ten years give me my desired outcome. But that takes, it takes being able to pivot, adjust and make sacrifices where needed. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I love sports journalism. I'm like, even, <laughs> even throughout my day, I'm like listening mm -hmm. to like sports reporters. Like I just, I love it. Um, mm -hmm. But I just followed, I followed what I felt like life was and, and God was kind of opening up to me. And, and here I am, you know, and uh, I don't, I don't live with regrets because that's how it happened. I mean, I can't change anything, you know, I can't go back. I just have to stay right. focused on the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And, you know, 
there's a saying, you know, there's no such thing as overnight success, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, how did you remain determined through, you know, the building of your real estate career, knowing that it's, you know, you were going to uh, be successful in it? Because I think sometimes when you're still emerging in a career space, sometimes you have those unknowns if it's, longevity in its career, you know, um, and other types of things. So how did you, yeah, (laughs) how did you just kept going? And what were you telling yourself, you know, in that initial phase? And, and then, yeah, after that, I just like to know where you're, where you're at now. I think, well, not just me, but those listening too. but yeah, if you can just start with the first, first question. Yeah, no, and I, I, I love this question because it, it sort of brings out of me my life philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, which is I, I haven't arrived anywhere. I, okay. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, and, and, and I, I don't want this to sound negative, but I don't look at myself as a successful, oh, I made it, I've arrived mm. uh, real estate agent, because I feel like the moment you do that, <laughs> The moment you do that, you become you 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 become stuck because mm-hmm. now there's there's no hunger to learn, there's no hunger to take risks because I've arrived. And I really I really try to stay in a place of and again, I know this might not be like the 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 scripted like canned that's response. fine. Yeah, just just I'm say just it. being real with you. I'm just yeah, being just real being, with you. Yeah, this is this is Talks with Gallagher. We are real okay. and raw right. conversations. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this to you raw. This is not like the canned Christian response. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I l- always look at the person next to me as though I have to catch up. Mm. Not, not necessarily that I'm in competition with them, but I look at the mm. next person like I'm always leading from behind. Like I always mm. have makeup work to do. I always have. Uh, there's always a gap between me and the next person that needs that that I need to work on myself to fill, and that that keeps me on this path of uh, being passionate about growth. Uh, because I, I I think it's a quote from somebody I don't know, but like the day you stop learning is the day that you die. Yeah, well, I've heard you that. Always, you only stop learning if you feel like you've 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 arrived, you've mastered everything. Mm-hmm. But that's there's so much knowledge and information, and there's there's always somebody who's at a level you're not. So there's always somebody that you can glean from. But I stay hungry by just being like, just, just, I, I always would, would rather be in the headspace of I'm the underdog. Uh, uh, I have, to, I'm not on that person's level. And then, and then mm-hmm. maybe, maybe in reality I am, but I feel like I, for me, I stay more motivated by thinking that I'm not. And, as, mm. and it, because it, it gives me a target to aspire to. I never want to be my own standard of success. I never want to be my own measuring stick. Okay. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is if I see someone else has the passion to move the goalpost for themselves, I want to, I, I want to have that conviction in myself that I have that same ability mm. to do that. And that keeps me, uh, it keeps me humble, mm-hmm. um, and but it also keeps me passionate about um, not not settling. 
And some people might say, oh, well, that sounds like you're not content. No, I'm, I'm very content with who I am. Uh, yeah. I'm, th- I'm 30 years old. I know who I am. I, I, I know what I am and what I'm not. Um, and I think, I think that's an empowering place to be because when you know sure. what you're not, then you can just focus on the strengths that God gave you, right. that he created you with, and you won't spend your time kicking yourself in the butt over mm-hmm. your, your, your shortcomings. Cause we all have areas of weakness, right? Oh yeah. 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 So when you know what you are and what you're not, you, mm-hmm. you say, okay, yeah, no, I recognize that's not something I'm strong in, but I'm mm-hmm. not really called to just stay focused on what I'm not strong in. I'm, I'm, I'm called to uh, build and grow on, on the strengths that, that I was created with. And, yeah. you know, so keeping that mentality along with the mentality that I, I haven't arrived and, and success is relative. So I'm, I'm flattered mm-hmm. if someone else is inspired by what I've done and looks at me as success. <laughs> I'm flattered by that. Yeah. But it's all relative, you know, one person's yeah. definition of that is different. And, and mine, I'm just not at a place yet. And I don't really ever want to be where I, I walk around with my chest out that, hey, I'm successful because mm. I don't want to have that posture of heart personally. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you want to stay humble and compete with yourself, but then look to others as an example for of what's um, possible. What's possible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's very good. That's very, very good mindset. Um, Alex and I like that a lot and uh, yeah um, you know I'm sure there's probably someone watching that you know is um, you know maybe in college and you know maybe having to rethink their career options um, which means they have to rethink their academic options people watching business owners or business leaders or people who are interested in going into real estate. <laughs> John, can um, I just say something about college real quick? Yeah, please. Like, all right. I've been out of college now for five years. I I personally love college. I'm not on one of these train these these like, you know, the new thing now is nobody needs college. Just just jump out into uh, the <laughs> entrepreneurial world and in three months you'll be a billionaire. Like that's yeah, what I've people, heard that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. scroll through my Facebook, I get all these sponsored videos like Oh, colleges yeah. for idiots and listen college <laughs> benefited me so much mm-hmm. and one of the reasons it benefited me was i i had a couple years of real life in between high school and college and what my approach to college was that it was a job i showed up i engaged in the classroom i mm-hmm. did my work and then yeah. i went to my other job which is the one i happened to get income from but at the college i was getting income in the form of 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 knowledge and mm-hmm. uh, studying habits and, and and things like that and also yeah you know connections. I think what happens sometimes with with young people when they go into college, there's this whole like rhetoric around college that actually brings more confusion to people than it does discipline and respect and uh, mm-hmm. you know hard work and you know. I, I don't know. I just found that, and, and maybe it's because I was a couple years older than people I was there with at the time, but mm. I just found a lot of people were like, had this mentality that like college is supposed to be where I experience all this stuff. And it is. But just remember that, you know, if you are only investing your time and having a time, but not actually bettering yourself and, and forging relationships with people who can open doors for you and putting, you know, earning a reputation amongst people that have access to opportunity that you're a hard worker. Yeah. You can't be shocked after four years 
if you're wonder, you're wandering around like looking for employment. I mean, that's just my my philosophy on it. But I feel like we've kind of in our country got into this habit of just convincing people, convincing young people that college is just this like free for all where the whole point of it is to have a good time. And uh, I think that's yeah. a, a I think that's a slippery slope to start going down. But anyway, yeah. I know this isn't about college. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, I, yeah. I love college. Hey, this is a live conversation, folks. So <laughs> I'm, I'm following you entirely, Alex, but I'm sure the others that are watching are like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is live. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah actually, you touched on something quite interesting because, um, you know, I think this happens more so in Western uh, colleges, yep. you know, state schools, private schools as well. And, you know, you said something interesting because, you know, what you were saying just reminded me of something, and that was, you know, why would someone from China, <laughs> and uh, we're not speaking politics here, we're just giving observational uh, facts. Um, and that is, you know, someone from China that, you know, for example, going to, you know, the, you know, Yale or, you know, some other, you know, Ivory League or state school, yeah. whatever the case might be, you know, why would they spend all of their whatever, uh, you know, um, you know, time, having like time, yeah. energy, finances, having to go into a different culture and the whole shebang yeah. to study at a school in the United States. You're not studying in China, right? right. <laughs> so, um, and I've actually met, um, <laughs> I actually met a student uh, um, here um, from China that was uh, studying at Penn State. But all that to say that, um, I think the issue is focus. You know, I think yeah. um, a lot of times not we're not saying all Americans, okay? Because I know there's other people watching that are not from America that are watching this, but um, we're not putting America or Americans in a bad light here by saying this. But um, I think there's some Americans where they just don't have um, vision and focus for their purpose yeah. in how they see fit in that preparation in that time in academia. Um, yeah. I feel like you want to say something, Alex. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think this goes into or, a whole other conversation I, on like education reform. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of like Facebook memes that float around and I know you gotta be careful, like, you know, getting yeah. your headline news from Facebook memes, but <laughs> one yeah. of the ones I really like think is accurate is when people post stuff like, you know, why don't we take like algebra three and I'm not just biased against algebra three because I was terrible mm -hmm. in algebra. I just think like, what's the real world <laughs> applicability, right? Like yeah, yeah, make I, that a track, not like yeah. an acquired course. What yeah, if we I had to take algebra and, too. Yeah. Yeah. I never did good in algebra at all. <laughs> but go ahead. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what if we took that out or like made it like a specific track for people who want to get into like, you know, architecture, engineering, wherever you actually use algebra. I don't, I don't even know where you use algebra, but you know, and, and but but put a required class on like, you know, uh, life planning or like uh, have like a whole uh, a whole quarter semester for, you know, uh, people that are in junior high to really like start to like brainstorm and, and, and map out their future, putting together five, 10, 15 year plans at a young age, really start thinking about purpose and and and, and their, you know, their focus at a young age. And, and yeah. or, or or financial literacy classes when when they're younger too. If we can get that in the public school system, I don't think you'll have as much disparity amongst cultures, you know, because no. a, a lot of that is just left on to the home, uh, the home life to take care of that. 
But if, yeah. if, if, if there's not good habits on things like financial literacy in the home, that child is not given an equal opportunity to learn about how to manage your money, how to, how to save for future investments, the importance of investing, things like that. Mm -hmm. If we could get that into the curriculum and not wait till students are, you know, uh, juniors or seniors in high school to start thinking about, you know, thinking beyond like, what's the, where, where's the party at on Friday? Like, right. I think, I, I think our country would be uh, so much better off. And, and, you know, and I hate to say it, but I feel like in some ways we almost celebrate confusion in this country. Mm. Uh, and, and we look at it as a virtue um, mm. instead where I feel like we could do a better job of like training, you know, pe young people from a young age, how to be solid in their identity, how to, how to have focus, how to go after what they want and not take no for an answer, how to be, per you know, character, uh, positive character traits like perseverance, determination, um, mm. you know, and a lot of kids do get that when they're in like sports and stuff like that from a young age, yeah. but not a lot of parents have the resources to, you know, get off work early to drop the kids off at soccer practice or, or football practice or, you know, where so they don't have access to these co communities outside of their home where they can have those virtues and discipline and hard work built into them. But mm -hmm. and anyway, complete digression from real estate. Yeah, uh, entirely. But actually, I'm seeing kind of a correlation with this. Um, yeah. And before I go into that part, I just want to say it sounds like you have a big passion for education reform. I love education. Yeah. As well as I do, because, you know, I think, you know, I, I used to teach um, at a high school. Oh, and I so I. Actually. OK, well, yeah, I, I have a huge passion for education reform. So maybe we can maybe have a separate future broadcast <laughs> on that. I'm yeah, but the theme that I was seeing um, in correspondence to the real estate conversation and the business side of things, which education, they, they actually yeah. all tie in because, you know, some people when they are you know taking college classes, you know, they're just thinking, oh my gosh, I need to get an A in my class and I need to focus, focus, focus on my academics. Yeah. And they're not necessarily thinking about maybe other volunteer opportunities or other opportunities you know, outside of the academic bubble, right? Yeah. And so you were able to grab a hold of some opportunities um, while doing your academics. And I think that is where the correlation is coming in here. Um, and obviously this is not like, you know, we're, we're not trying to find a formula of why Alex is the, you know, man he is today in business, but, <laughs> you know, but I think we are seeing just, I think, uh, those seeds that you planted, Alex, at that age, you know, you're getting the fruit of that today. I, I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a journey. Um, you know, the other day I saw this Robert Kiyosaki quote. He's a uh, you know like an oh, investment yeah. guru. Um, the rich you know, dad, poor dad. Rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Uh, he he had this quote, and it was like, I'm I'm going to completely butcher it, but I'll give you the f essence of it. He's like, sure, you know, th there's there's the uh, the academically wealthy mentality and then there's the financially um uh wealthy mentality and the mm -hmm. economic uh, the or i'm sorry the economic wealthy versus the academic wealthy and basically said the difference is the the person who's who's uh who values more the quote-unquote ac academic wealth focuses on making no mistakes mm -hmm. and and which is basically what you're saying the whole focus and this is kind of how we've trained people to look at academia is okay 
I'm successful when I get that A, when I hit that perfect mark. If I get nothing wrong, if I get yeah. nothing wrong, I'm a success. <laughs> when actually like entrepreneurship and, and economic wealth is actually built through making tons of mistakes. Exactly. Learning from those mistakes. And, and what happens is people can come up in, in education and a whole you know K through 12 into four years or, or eight years of college being taught that the way to be successful is by never making a mistake. And, 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 you know, you talked earlier about ch Chinese culture. That's also something yeah. in Japanese culture, too. Oh. Uh, my, my, my wife lived in Japan. And, uh, you know, there's this thing where it's like making a mistake is seen as like an, an, uh, a total, like, negative mark on your, on your character. And not like even just your whole essence as a person. If there is a typo in, in, in an email correspondence, like, you are a, you're, you're, you, you didn't just spell a sentence wrong. You're actually now a bad person. You are an undisciplined person. And, you know, you know, that, that can go down a spiritual path too of like, you know, condemnation and whatever. But these are things that culture teaches us a lot. We, we, we put an emphasis on, on perfection when actually create, and, and, and you'll uh, like this as a creative, yeah. some of the most beautiful art, some of the most beautiful, uh, you know, creations of, you know, entrepreneurship. And it comes out of, of ugliness, it comes out of mistakes. It comes out mm -hmm. of, oh, I didn't mean to make that brush stroke. Instead, I made uh, this one, but it just it, it it now it gives it character. And it's like, you know, I feel like our country could have even uh, so much more uh, come out of it uh, yeah. if, if we kind of shifted how we look at education and and stop putting this emphasis on perfection, but instead put it on taking taking uh, calculated uh, risks and and uh, and full on expression. And I feel like, you know, we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, I feel like we'll have a, just more, more in, in a positive way with our country. Yes. Yes. Amen. Now your voice sounds deeper. <laughs> um, so but, I, I just died there. So, okay. Oh, no problem. It was, it was just kind of funny just how it happened. It was like for my country. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, what's that? That's actually my natural tone of voice. I'm a little baritone, in case you couldn't tell. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just just the timing was just really good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, definitely on the same page with you on that, Alex, uh, definitely. And, yeah, thanks for just reiterating, you know, um, all of that, you know, from your experience and then, you know, um, seeing us tie this together here so, <laughs> um, in this Talks with Gallagher live conversation. So, you know, um, you know, I'm just wondering, like, you know, what – you know, what's kind of your uh, focus, um, you know, now? And, you know, what do you see yourself, you know, sometimes people say, you know, what do you see yourself doing the next three to five years? Well, I, I want to change that a little bit. Just say, like, you know, what, you know, kind of what do you have in mind for the future? I mean, obviously, we're living in one of the unprecedented uh, times in history and, you know, outside of the, you know, um, election here in the United States, but just, you know, with COVID and yeah. other just things happening, even, you know, uh, worldwide, um, you know, um, just, you know, we're living in a really interesting time. So, you know, I was just hearing uh, the other day, just how the importance of resiliency is so important today, now than ever. Um, and so, yeah, just like where, like just, What's kind of your, your, you know, not necessarily mindset, but just kind of idea or vision for, 
what you see yourself doing in yeah. these unprecedented times. <laughs> yeah. Um, my biggest, my biggest focus is, well, there's a two part answer for this. I'm one of the things I'm very passionate about is never taking the mindset of being a victim of circumstance. Mm, there you go. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what happens in the economy around me. Yeah. God on my side. Like yeah. I'm, I, I, I do not entertain conversations that, that are, are victim mindsets. Like, Oh, I can't yeah. going on in the economy. I can't do anything. <laughs> you are never, you are never, you should never have that mindset that your, your life is dictated by, by, by what goes on around you. Can it be, can yeah. it be influenced by it? Absolutely. Because we live in this world and there's always some, something going on. But if, if you are in a business or in a career path that, you know, due to economic shifts or geopolitical shifts, you are hindered from doing that uh, to the degree that you, you, you desire to, you have two choices, right? You can take this mentality of like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't move forward anymore because I'm hindered in this area. Or you can evolve and adjust um, how you're doing it mm -hmm. uh, to still get results or adjust into doing something else so that your skill set is still utilized in something else. But in every, in every crisis, in every, in every uh, negative thing that's going on, there's always opportunity. Yes. And I think we actually talked about this on our last uh, we, we we did yes we, yes that crisis is a part of yeah. you know finding more opportunities and Absolutely. embracing them and and the people that understand that and and embrace them <clears throat> are the ones who actually come out of uh negative situations that are going on in the world uh they come out wealthier they come out more uh educated they come out with more skills yeah. uh actually come out stronger so that's the one thing i'm really passionate about so what I have planned for the next few years uh, is not going to be dictated by, uh, by, by what's going on around me. It may cause me to shift how I do it and mm -hmm. maybe what I do, but yeah. it won't change the ultimate uh, goals. And the second thing I was going to mention that I'm equally or if not more passionate about is leaving an inheritance or generational wealth. Mm. Um, that drives my life in a lot of ways. And I know since mm. some people that might, they, you know, they might say that's shallow wealth. Well, here's the way I look at it, right? Um, my grandfather is a personal hero of mine. Mm. And he, I really learned this from him. Um, I really believe in that scripture. It's out of Proverbs. It says a good man leaves an inheritance. Mm. And that's not just a material. When I say wealth, it's not just a material. Um, right material uh, inheritance. I do mm -hmm. believe part of it because I, I feel like you should leave uh, your next, the next generation uh, better off than, than, than you had it. Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's honorable uh, to actually uh, have no uh, material fruit from your life that you can pass on to help your kids get a, uh, a leg up and, and be able to build on top of that. And some people take pride in the fact that they came from nothing. And so what they do mm -hmm. is they, to, uh, they, they also want their kids to come from nothing. But I, I don't feel like that's the plan of God. I feel like we're supposed to be, um, you know, honoring, being an honorable person by leaving an inheritance. But that is, 
you know, that's that's in mindset. Your uh, the mindset you leave your family is an inheritance. Do you gonna, do you leave them with a victim mindset, where anytime something goes wrong in their life, they can point the finger at at some big big bad entity that uh, they can blame for all their troubles, or do you give them a, a, an inheritance of a mindset of victory where? Listen, I don't care how hard it gets. You don't give up. I don't care how hard it gets. You keep persevering. That is an inheritance that you leave. So one of my vices, to be honest with you, one of my vices is that I'm usually a lot of conversations I have with my wife, a lot of conversation I have with, you know, mentors and, and people that that I look up to. I'm not talking about what I'm doing next week. A lot, I, I really try to be purposeful with every day to the best I can. And I fall short a lot. But the best I can. I want to live each day with the next 40, 50 years in mind. Wow. And, and, <laughs> That's impressive. Wow. Okay. Uh, and, and, and it really goes back to things that my grandfather kind of ingrained for me from a, from a young age. You know, I, yeah. I watched, he's 90 years old now and he still mm. gets a steady check from investments he made when he was 40 years old. Oh, because wow. 40 years old, he was thinking of what I'm going to be doing when I'm 90 years old. And as just something I, I, I value highly um, and, you know, I want to make sure that my wife and, and those that come after us, our children and children's children uh, are blessed. And so, you know, a lot of people get hung up on what's my five year plan. What's my I really try to think in terms of what's my 50 year plan? Where where am I going to be in 50 years? I like that. So so every move that I try to make, whether it's purchasing an investment property or, or investing money in, in some other uh, vehicle that's mm -hmm. going to be an investment vehicle. I really tried to look at okay, what's the projection forty years out? What's the projection fifty years? And it and and that takes faith because nothing is guaranteed. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if you buy a real estate investment, that doesn't come with a guaranteed return over the next forty years. It's, you know, but are you more likely to get a return by buying it and taking the risk, or by being afraid and 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 just thinking it's a good idea, but never actually pulling the trigger on it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I just want to be a person that my, uh, my, my 90 year old self looks back and thanks my 30 year old self for making mm. the right decisions. Um, and, yeah. and not that I, you know, I was having a conversation with my wife last night, you know, about different things that, that, that can be left. I mean, and, and for some reason, I'm, I don't want this to sound dark and morbid, but, no, no, no. This is again talks with Gallagher, <laughs> yeah, well, unfiltered. I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. Um, <laughs> there are a few things that are more powerful than sitting down and writing out your will. Mm. There are a few things. I came to tears about three months ago. It was during COVID shutdown. I couldn't show any houses. Couldn't sell anything. I sat down. I wrote out a will, and I started mm. to cry as I wrote it. Because I was, it, it brought me, it brought me in touch with my own mortality. Mm. And one of the vices of young people in their twenties and thirties is we tend to be short-sighted. Yep. We tend to be worried about, you know, the next opportunity, but we don't do it with, you know, eternity in view. We don't do it with uh, the end of our life in view. And, and I, and I, I heard somebody say the other day on sports talk radio, uh, no, every day we're writing our eulogy mm. every day we're writing our eulogy and when you look at life through that lens you start wow. to realize you don't have time to waste uh you start to realize that your decisions matter and 
Do you want to be someone that your future self and your future generations, your, your great grandchildren, your great, great, great grandchildren, do you want to be the person that they look back and say, you know, I'm really, really grateful that my great, great grandfather did what he did for us. Like, I believe that you can live your life in such a way and with such purposefulness that three, four generations from now, people in your line can look back and remember that you were the one who in, in the bloodline uh, changed the trajectory of all of their lives. Yeah. And I feel like that's a duty that we have uh, while we're here. We can't take any of it with us. And, 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 and sometimes people have that mentality and they use it as an excuse to not uh, obtain wealth. But I think the fact no. that we can't take any of it with us is a reason to accumulate wealth because we can't take it with us. But every investment vehicle comes with a, uh, a, a, a section where you have to write out who the beneficiaries of that wealth is. So we can't take any of it with us, which is the exact reason why you should, uh, you know, make investments because it has to go to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be someone that future generations are grateful for and bless. And, um, and not just that, not just for my own future generations, but to be able to, when, you know, money is not something to be worshiped, but it's something that's a great tool. Right. And so, you know, if you have aspirations of opening up, uh, you know, schools in impoverished areas, opening up hospitals, mm -hmm. like it takes finances to do those things. And we're living in a day and it seems like every year, you know, it gets harder and harder to rely on donations for these things hmm. because of the economic uncertainty, yeah. Geo excuse me, geopolitical uncertainty. So sure, I really feel like, you know, just to put like the spiritual spin on it. I really feel like, you know, God is really, he's calling Christians to get out of this mindset of dependency. Mm -hmm. You know, like we can't, we can't go somewhere unless we get a, the right donation. We can't. And I feel like he wants to get us into a mindset of, um, you know, being being lenders and not borrowers. Yes. And and being the head and not the tail. And so, um, you know, I feel like that, uh, that that's just something I'm passionate about. So, yeah. to answer the question, which I haven't done yet, <laughs> you know, what I'm working on right now is, you know, I'm still still active in real estate. I'm still representing buyers and sellers who are looking to to buy property, but I'm, I'm getting more into the, uh, the investment side of it. You know, I'm now the, the dream I started, the goal, the, the aspiration I started that brought me into the initial real estate conversations I had with my former partner eight years ago that we started this conversation off with about buying and flipping houses. Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of into now. So I have a okay. few of those up. I just closed on one the other day, but here's the thing. I used to look at that 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 strategy as just a way where I can say, hey, look, I have money. Now, where my mindset is going is, okay, this money, what it, this money is going to be used to create cash flowing assets, uh, multiple streams of income for the future, uh, which can be used in a variety of ways. Um, but you know, with the with the real estate flipping, you know, one of the things I'm passionate about, I've, I've met with different members of the community. And I really see it as a service to the community to, because I'm, I'm going in, I'm looking, I'm, I'm buying houses that are dilapidated, uh, that, that, that are unkempt, that, that actually keep property values down and going in, renovating them to a, a nice level, like doing and doing it the right way, not just slapping a coat of paint on there, but, you know, <laughs> things that need to be replaced, upgrading the finishes inside, which improves the values in the neighborhoods. And where yeah. I really, 
that going. My, my, my dream is to have that be a, an avenue where people, where I, those houses are, are being sold to people who historically were not able to buy houses before. And okay. one of my aspirations, and I've, I've met with several um, other people that are in my industry that have a similar passion. And one of the things we're talking about is, you know, how can we work with people that are from, that are minority, that are, you know, historically from backgrounds where they don't have access to the resources to buy houses and, and maybe they're just stuck in, in renting, uh, you know, how can we coach, educate and train them to be financially, uh, uh, um, financially intelligent and, and, and make them homeowners? Because I do believe, and I'm biased, I'll admit I'm biased, I, I do believe that homeownership is the quickest way uh, to building generational wealth because everyone needs a house over their uh, roof over their head. And it's a tangible asset that as long as you maintain it over the course of decades and decades like that is an asset eventually you can you can sell and and when you sell it you know you're talking about significant amounts of money which again is relative but it's still uh you know ho- buying a house is usually the largest investment most people make in their entire life so if i can get into the business of helping people make that large investment it will benefit them and future generations yes so that's really my motivation behind the real estate flipping but again the capital that I accumulate from that. My goal is to provide, you know, more housing, cash flowing assets, um, like apartment buildings and things like that. Um, uh, which again, gives opportunity to people. Everyone needs a roof over their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just been in, an interesting journey because I, my, my whole, my whole mind's been blown just, you know, networking. And I'll just throw this out there. I'll turn it back over to you after this, but okay. whatever venture you're in, whether it's real estate or widgets or, or whatever you're into, if you have an aspiration uh, to be in business, the most important thing you can do, don't worry about where the money's going to come from to do it. Don't worry about even, you know, making sure your marketing is perfect before you do mm-hmm. any of that build relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's, this took me so long to learn because I used to think I got the skills. I got the talent. I'll just, I'll just do it myself. I'll be a rock star. Everyone wants to be a rock star but it's better to be a teammate. Yeah. Better to be a teammate than try to be a rock star, in my opinion. But network, build relationships with people that are already established in doing what you want to do and it will it will it will it will your 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 growth trajectory will be on like light speed, hyper mode <laughs> when when you can have a direct contact. You know, I mm. I have a guy who I call my mentor. He helped me buy my first house with very little money out of my own pocket. Oh, and today we meet several times a year over breakfast just to kind of catch up, see how his family's doing, ask me about mine and just pick his brain on advice. And um, and it's just it's it's good. It's it's always good to have people like that uh, who are willing to give you a shot. And, and, th- and that's how you learn about opportunities. You get around people that are in the space already established in the space. They are the 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 beholders of the opportunity that you're looking for. So that's all I got. I'll give it back over to you. Well, wow, we just heard a whole bunch of nuggets of wisdom right there, everyone. Um, wow. And yeah, I actually did want to hear any, you know, concluding remarks, and I feel like you said it all. So, <laughs> and we're about time. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Alex, uh, for your time today with us. And man, I am really, really inspired by your story and by your mindset and by your approach and your morals and your ethics and your ideal ideas. 
regarding all of this um, and how you see the future and how you see it as, you know, not just for yourself, but for a legacy to be led. So thank you again. And thank you everyone for watching Talks with Gallagher. Uh, and yeah, stay tuned for the next uh, session. Bye everyone.